Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am sitting down and chatting with my friend, Sayoung. She is the owner and founder of Modern Love, and I just wanted to chat with her about self-development and how she has gotten to where she is today with her business, as well as the path that it took her to get to this place. So hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will chat with you very soon. I don't know about you, but I've had in a very interesting past few years of my 20s. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that like when you're 20, you literally have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Um, like you think you do, but you don't. You Like you, you think like all of these things of like, oh, like I want to do this. I want to do this. And I want to do this. And then you do it. And sometimes you're just like not satisfied with that, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that because I think a lot of the things that people are attracted to lately is just being real and getting an insight into people's lives. Another right. I, I do like journaling, like this is what I reflected on. People just like pop up off in my DMs, just really being really interested about the things that I'm being vulnerable about. So I like that your podcast is kind of adopting that and making sure that it's just vulnerability and honesty first instead of some curated experience last year was like a blur like I don't remember almost everything that happened in 2020 Mm -hmm. and I think for a lot of people like they found like what they wanted to do last year and for me I personally thought I did but Mm -hmm. now being just a little bit older and going through like different events in my life I'm like oh I actually have no idea (laughs) like what I want to do And the things that I thought I wanted to do weren't necessarily what I wanted to do, but what I wanted other people to see me doing because I knew that I could be successful doing those things, even though those things didn't make me happy. Um, Yeah, 2020 definitely feels like a huge blur and I can't believe we're going into 2022, but honestly, I resonate with that so much. I'm 26 and I feel like every year has been just me thinking I know what I want to do and then just scrapping it completely. I remember it so distinctly too what I wanted when I was 21 and 22 and 23 and how they all differed. So that might be a cool topic to talk about, about how our wants change as we're going through it and how it changes quickly. Yeah. And I mean, like for you and I personally, like, I know I found you through when you first started out, when you were still living here in Portland um, and you were doing like events and stuff. And then of course COVID happened and we know what happened there. (laughs) Did we find each other on Bumble Friends when I was trying to get people to come to my events? I think that I think I think so because that was 2020 and 2019. A little bit after, I want to say July of 2019, I went through a really bad breakup and I was just like, I need to find myself because you know, like that's what you do. You either do that or you go like find other people that you want to be with, and you're just filling a void that like doesn't necessarily resonate with you, but it's some what some people done and I've done that in the past but like I've grown from that and I know that like when you go through something like traumatic like that you have to to work on yourself because there's obviously like a problem within yourself too and I remember when I saw what you were doing I was like wow like this is really cool like I think that I can like make some good friends out of this and possibly have like new experiences in my life And at that point, I didn't necessarily know anything of what I wanted to do. Like I, I hadn't really put myself back out there in the art world because it was about the end of my photography journey. 2019 to now, I've definitely taken a lot of time to figure out different realms of work that I like to do. And when I saw that you were doing things that weren't necessarily just like 
artistic based. It was like how you can make yourself take care of yourself more through all of these different aspects. I was like, wow, that is like so insightful. And why have I never thought that way? <laughs> like that's how, that's like where my mind went when I saw like what you were doing. I was like, wow, like she's like doing stuff that's like kind of artistic, but also like mindset goals and all of that kind of stuff. I guess we can go back to when I graduated. It was in June of 2018. And there were a lot of things in front of me and a lot of paths and a lot of different expectations. I saw people going to grad school. I saw people going, getting their full-time jobs. And I, for some reason, when you are a fresh graduate and you're 21 and 22, you feel like you, like everything that you do is the final step and you need to get to your dream right away. Um, and so I sat there and I thought, what is my dream job and what, what is it that I truly want to do? And I actually graduated with a degree in um, art and technology, which is kind of like digital arts, um, graphic design, and a degree in international studies. And so there were two parts of me. And the reason I wanted international studies was actually a fun fact is that I was born in um, Africa and I was raised there for 12 years. And so I was really interested in culture. And I, you know, even in college, just going through the college experience, I started to realize that they try to put you in this bucket of, are you an arts major? Are you a um, international studies major? Are you econ? Are you business? Um, but that never sat right with me. And I wasn't able to fully dive into one major and kind of let that consume my identity. So after graduating, it's when people are starting to brand themselves and they say, I'm I'm in corporate or I'm going to law school or whatever it was. And I just sat there and I looked at myself and I asked myself, what is it that I want to do? Is this where my paths di diverge? And is this where my passions can't come together into one? And so instead of getting a job, what I did was I moved back with my mom um, and I started experimenting with different things. And in um, 2018, I think October, I started a business called Modern Love and it is not the form that it used to be. Um, I started off as um, doing brand strategy and that evolved into graphic design and then web design, brand design. Um, I started you know, going through these and acquiring skills and learning what I liked and what I didn't like. So um, there are so many learnings along that process of, I did like graphic design, but I feel like I'm more of an art artist instead of a designer. And I didn't know that there was ever a difference. And the difference is that when you're an artist, you're creating something that comes from your heart and you're creating something to express yourself. But when you're a designer, you're taking a look at requirements and you're basically trying to communicate that in the best way possible. And so as I was pivoting and taking modern love through different forms, so modern love was a strategist. And back then the tagline was something like, um, make sure that you strategize so that people can fall in love with your business. And when I was in brand and web design, like make sure that you create a business beautiful business so that people fall in love with your business. Um, and at the core of it, it was just always um, doing something that you're passionate about and letting people fall in love with that form. Um, so I never chose to delete or create a new name for my new business because at the core of it, I knew what I was doing was the same across different um, forms. But yeah, just having those two years to explore um, different forms of modern love, figuring out what I like, what I didn't like, 
um, was fascinating. And then I also met you through you learning about my event. And that was also a form of modern love, which is modern love isn't just rom romance or family, but it's, you know, the community of friends you're building around you. So it took many forms. And at the end of it, after experimenting for two years, I started to realize that um, what truly makes me happy is um, being able to be an artist, um, something that I don't have to, you know, put so much energy into where I'm like hosting events all the time or being a service provider, but truly having something that is empowering me. And so when I create products, stationary products on Modern Love, I'm actually reflecting within myself and asking myself, what are the affirmations I would love to hear? What are the notepads that I would love to hear? And in turn, that has been more energizing. And so I, I really appreciate the two year period of me exploring and bouncing around different forms. And I think it's a fun story to tell, um, but I'm really happy that at 26, after a few years, so I started this in 20, late 2018. So it's been a few, three or four years. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice that it's in a place now where I have some clarity about the form that I like and the way that I like to express myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to keep growing this. And I'm hoping that, you know, even seeing that the word modern love never changed through different forms, I'm really attached to this um, concept and this word and the different forms it could take and show up in our lives. And right. hopefully it's going to be this, um, like business that I, I, I can bring with me through different stages. So even if I'm not in my 20s anymore and I go into my 30s and 40s and 50s, I'm hoping that it's something that develops with me. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm really hopeful and passionate about um, the current form and the forms that will take in the future. What you're doing has had other previous forms. But for me personally, like obviously, you know that I've, I've worked with Moon Custard and I did photography and I did a little bit of brand design here and there as well. And for me, those were all completely different businesses. And almost, I like to look at it now that I'm kind of like on this like journey of understanding why I did these kind of things. It was almost a different persona of myself and not necessarily to take myself down any levels or anything, but I was putting myself around people in my life that were not necessarily good for me at all. And looking at for you example, like you have all of these things that you've done within this one business and you're able to take that and be like, I did all these things, but now I'm here. Like, this is what I'm doing now. And this is what I'm passionate about. And being able to like own that and be like, even though I had all of those things that I did in the past, they've got me to where I am today. So I think that's just really insightful for anybody that might even be like me who has had multiple businesses or multiple ventures of ideas of things that they want to do um, to be able to understand that it's okay to like be okay with that like it's okay to want to do a million different things definitely and I know that when we're trying to figure out um, the process of what it is that we want to do we have some kind of guilt so every time I would start yeah. over I would feel like the biggest scammer because one month ago, I was promoting myself as a web designer. And then the next month, I'm suddenly doing events. Um, but looking back, and I'm thinking about or I'm wondering why I've even had those thoughts or even had to deal with feelings of guilt, because um, in hindsight, everything kind of stacked up to lead me to where I am and um, the business to where I am. So even if you're you had multiple forms of businesses, I know that each and every single one of them 
will come into the future endeavors right. that you have this podcast. And it's, even if it didn't have the same name, I know that those are all kind of building blocks. Um, even if you're not continuing them, um, they're, they're going to be pieces that you're taking with you. So right. the exciting thing about owning a business or creating a personal brand is just um, being able to explore yourself fully without the restrictions that an employer right. or a company would put on you. I actually went to, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the Van Gogh immersive experience mm-hmm. like past week. And it was so eye-opening to the fact that there, for example, Van Gogh, a lot of people know who he is, know his name, but when he was creating art, he felt like he wasn't good enough. Like he felt like he didn't make art that people would enjoy. And it created a lot of problems in his life. And throughout the years, his art went from landscapes to drawing portraits to drawing portraits of himself to drawing anything that he saw because it was comfortable for him and looking at a guy like that who was born many many years ago from where we're at now in life and like all the technology that we have now that we should be internally grateful for because he had never had any of that kind of stuff we have the opportunity to look at his art and be like wow like this guy did not like the things that he was making But like now looking back, all of these people know who he is. Like I could probably tell like a young child, like, like say the name Van Gogh and they would know exactly that like, oh, he's an artist. They might not necessarily know his work, but Mm -hmm. you know, he's an artist. And I think that's something that's super valuable for people like us. Just like looking at that for people like ourselves, like we always think that our work is very personal to us. And I think as an artist, anything that we do is going to be like, almost like our child. And whenever I created businesses in the past, I would be like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to do this and this only, like, this is what I'm going to do. And now like being older and like having all of these different things in my past that I've done, because I have like all of these friends that know me for different reasons that they don't like, for example, you probably look at my work and you're not like, why is she changing it up again? Like, are you kidding me? Like, can she just like pick an idea and go with it? Like nobody's actually doing that. The only person that does that is ourselves. Exactly. We're our hardest critic. We're our own harshest critic, but um, when we put out art, it takes on its own form. And it, it, you're, you're talking about how it's really personal to you. So when you're putting out a drawing or a graphic, you think it's attached to you. Um, but I think that's a really interesting thing that I wanted to expand on because I kind of went about my products, my affirmation cards um, in the same way where I said, no, this is kind of personal to me and it's my art. Um, and I started, as people started using it, I started feeling disconnected with it in a really good way because my decks would start um, taking on its own life and its own relationship with customers. So I've had people use it during breakups and like really um, cultivate that own relationship with those affirmations and the art I'm creating. I've had people who put it as a tattoo on their um, body. Oh, wow. That's like taking the relationship to a whole other level. Yeah, that's like an extreme because it's gonna yeah. be on their bodies for the rest of their lives. Exactly, and I started like thinking about the relationship of the art I'm creating and myself and how it gets broken once that's into in someone else's hand, it becomes their relationship. And that was a, a little bit freeing in a way because I'm not carrying the burden that the art has to do everything for me and me alone, but it started doing things for other people. And I think that's the most exciting part about art 
creating art is it's really not about you. It's about, it could come from you and your vehicle, but when you put it out there, it's for other people to consume and to carry and like to manifest it in their lives. So I thought that was a really exciting learning and um, something that maybe artists and creatives could remember if they're um, being too hard or um, bashing down on their own art or being their worst critic. Um, just thinking that of it in a different way and thinking that you have a role to carry out, which is just being the artist and the criticism or the inspiration that others take, it's gonna come naturally and you can't do anything about it. But um, right. yeah, that was a nice perspective check that I've gone through this year about creating art and being a creative. I think like the whole idea of me even starting this podcast um, was based on imposter syndrome and to just like define imposter syndrome for people that might not understand it because I think a lot of people look at imposter syndrome in different ways like some take it really personally to personality and then some people take it more psychologically towards their what they're creating and so I have the definition of imposter syndrome and it is a psychological pattern in which individual doubts their skills talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud and I think for us like I don't think we think at first we're like oh, like I'm such a fraud, like I'm creating this business and like, I don't actually want to do it like later on down the road. And we feel almost like we're failing other people. Um, but I think we have to think about it as we created this thing because it made us happy during that time. And it made us fulfilled in ways that we weren't able to do so before we had what we were doing. And I think a lot of people forget that like technology is this like big thing now. And like, we're able to share all of it online and build a community. And I've personally had people, I deleted all of my YouTube videos like in the past month and I have like one up. I've had people reach out to me in my DMs and be like, I, I wish you wouldn't have deleted your videos. Mm -hmm. But I think people forget that there are people like behind the situation that are also growing and changing. And the content I was making a year ago, I don't feel like I am that person anymore. And I don't want to take that as, oh my God, I failed. I like spent a year doing these things that like, I don't like doing anymore. I'm, I'm trying to look at it in a way now with the perspective that I have, like I did all of those things, but they also made me really happy and they comforted me in a time that I needed them. So I think for our businesses, it's like, we look at it and we're like, oh, like we, I don't actually like doing A, B and C. I would rather be doing this and then we change it and whoever decides to stick around during those things are the people that are going to consistently be there for whatever we do in the future whether it's being a business or just being a personality online i always think about that because i have people who started i have clients who start still looking at my stories and consume my content and i'm doing mm -hmm. nothing um, related to brand strategy anymore and just the fact that there are a lot of people from that phase of my life that are still following my journey kind of comes back to the point of um people are not necessarily following you because of what you're doing whether it's like that one podcast or that one art that you're creating or that one business but they're they're following you because they're resonating with something that you're doing and um I mean even behind every single business there should be this mission this ground mission of why you're doing what it is you're doing and what how you're changing the world and so mm -hmm. as long as people can see that whether it's the YouTube videos that you put out that you're no longer resonating with um, there is this ground mission whether it was self-exploration 
fashion or art, this core theme that will still resonate with people that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. Um, another interesting theme that you talked about was how you are no longer the person you were a year ago or two years ago. And I really resonate with this because um, I have this fear of making decisions for myself in four or five years. And that's because I would have hated my 18 year old self or my 20 year old self to make really big decisions about who I am now because I don't feel like I am them anymore. And I honestly feel like referring to myself in third person, like Sayong of 21 was a different person. Um, And 30 is a different person. So I do have this weird fear of not wanting to plan ahead. Um, I, when I plan anything, I only plan ahead to one year because I never know what it is that I'm going to want in that moment. And I also have a fear of marriage because marriage is something where you make a decision when you're, you know, going to get married in your twenties or thirties or even forties. And it's kind of, you affirming that it's gonna your feelings are gonna stick around like your commitment now is gonna be as strong in 15 or 20 years and as someone who embraces change and someone who um loves the fact that i take i myself take on different identities as um time passes it's a really interesting concept of making a decision that'll be forever so um it can yeah it can be a good thing to really acknowledge that you're not the you from a year ago or two year ago two years ago and you won't be the you in five years but it can also I think come with some decision making anxiety um, in the sense if you're taking it um really far like me and applying it to other facets of your life like relationships no for sure and I think also another thing to just touch on the like committing to something whether it be a business, whether it be a partner, whether it be even just a friendship or a family member that's in your life. I think culturally too, like a lot of people have different ideals of where they should be because of their upbringing. And my upbringing, I was an only child with two white parents and they had previously owned a business in their younger twenties and thirties. And they were very successful doing that business. And now looking back, like as an adult looking on their lives, they're going through the same thing that we're going through right now, whether it be a little bit different because they didn't have the technology that we have now to be able to like move forward with our lives. They did the same thing that we're doing. They own their own business. They realized that they couldn't do it because of the way the internet and other factors were moving into those things because they were a small contact lens company with lens crafters and all of these bigger companies on the sidelines coming at them and wanting to buy them out. Um, they realized they didn't want to do that anymore and they weren't passionate about it anymore. So they decided to pick up their lives and like move all the way up to Washington. They lived in California at first and then brought me with them up to Washington. And now my mom works for like a big, um, I don't even know how to explain what she does, but she like, she works for this business that works for different government and, um, Uh, countries that make interiors for like helicopters and airplanes and stuff like that and she does stuff for that company and then my dad's a truck driver so he went from like doing this one thing to doing another thing not necessarily because it was his dream or his goal to do that in the past but it's something that was be able to give them a future that they have now and they're very well off now they have their own home and like I'm not living with them anymore so they probably have like a lot more going for them without me being in their household but it's so interesting to see, like, even just like our parents, like the people that we grew up with most of our lives, like 
they're also people like they're also changing and growing but they caused us to be who we are today and to be able to reflect on family and culture knowing that I have two white parents that have given me everything in the world and knowing now like being 25 and looking at it like wow like my parents like did a lot for me like we might not necessarily have gotten along the entire time and they've seen me grow and change I actually had a conversation with my mom the other day my mom and I haven't always had the best relationship in the world when it comes to understanding one another and I think if she was listening to this she would fully admit that is very true but we have recently after I went through this past breakup that I went through have kind of started to listen to each other a little bit more and understand that we are two different people and we're, I'm not her property. I am my own person. And I've had to learn from that situation that all the things that I've done in the past, they've watched me do too. Like, it's not just people online. It's also like my family and my friends and the people that have stuck around all of these years. And now I'm like deciding, oh, like, I want to get a nose piercing. I want to get all these tattoos because they're things that I've wanted my entire life that I've never actually done because I felt like, oh, if I do that, my parents aren't going to like it. Mm -hmm. But like being older now, it's like my parents have been here the entire time that I've been here and they've done nothing but just be supportive, even if they didn't like something like, yes, they're going to say it right away. They're going to be like, yeah, I don't like that. But then they're never going to say it again. They're not going to constantly be like, why are you doing that? Unless it's like something like really like self-destructive, you know? Um, that's a positive take on it. I also think a lot about my relationship um, with my mom, who's a single mom, which is why I always only refer to my mom. But um, she had very strong feelings that were very repetitive as I was um, building up modern love. And I, I think when I was, you know, doing pivots and changes, one thing that really hurt me and I still kind of carry with me when I'm doing my business is that my mom was not very supportive along the way. Um, so she, you know, for her, her version of success was um, you graduate college, you get a job and you work at a company. And I, I, I love, you know, that's everyone, you know, all my friends are doing like their children that's what they're doing. That's the path. And there's one path. And when I kind of came out of college, I was pivoting and I was changing and I was working from a computer, which was such a concept in 2018 and doing my work solely from my computer. And I remember she was incredulous when my first client um, like wired me $800 over the internet. And my mom was very confused about where that came from. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I mean, I was for sure, um, I'm for sure thankful that she let me um, live at home and like supported me through it, but financially and just um, in terms of just, yeah, providing me shelter and like a place to be. Um, But there, she verbally speaking, I could tell there was always some kind of resentment towards me not doing the things that she expected me to do, especially after getting a college degree. Um, And honestly, during that period of pivots, I was extremely broke because I kept pivoting and pivoting and I would risk not having clients. And so I remember I tell the story to all the new friends that I meet, but I remember my boyfriend, I think we were dating five years at the time. He had gotten his new job and that was paying him like more money than he's ever made. And he asked me to go get a burger at Red Robin. And I broke down crying and I said, dude, I cannot afford a burger at Red Robin right now. I can't, I'm sorry, but I cannot afford to go on a date with you this week. 
Um, and that kind of like resonates with me because I, it just reminds me of what a hard place I was in where I was trying to find myself. I, my mom was not supportive of what I was doing. I couldn't even go on a simple date with my boyfriend and I was putting everything at risk. Like I would see everyone around me, you know, getting their full-time jobs or um, getting a salary or being able to, you know, have like lifestyle inflation because of whatever um, they were doing. But just me um, sitting alone and like trying to have faith in myself when I couldn't even go on a date. And my mom, you know, who I was living with all the time had this like resentment over me. That was really disappointing. And like, I wish that my mom had a little bit more faith in me during that time when like all of these factors were happening. Like, of course I'm going through life and thinking about like, is this the right decision? Um, and a few years passed and I finally got a job and, um, I also remember my mom, like when we first got COVID, she was urging me to find a job and I was in the middle of developing my decks and I, I was not budging of, for looking for a job. And I remember she was in the car with my brother and she told my brother, um, I honestly, like, I'm ashamed to talk about your sister to my friends because of the route she's taking. And I remember going in a closet and I cried. He was in the room next door. So I didn't want to hear, have him hear me cry, but I cried in the closet because I, you know, I wanted to hold on to faith that I had in myself and just knowing that other people in my life who were like the closest to me and the ones that I seek the most approval of, they didn't see that faith at all. Zero percent mm. um, was really disappointing. And so one redeeming moment that I will never forget in my relationship with me and my mom and like her expectations about me is um, when right before I launched my deck, my deck came and she saw the physical format and she was incredulous. She looked at it and she said, this is what you've been working on. And she was so happy and excited. And she couldn't believe this physical form that like her daughter working on a computer 24 seven, this, that it had taken. And um, she was super proud of me. She like could not believe the illustrations I made. She sent them to my like grandma in Korea who doesn't even speak English, but you know, you know, she'll, she can look at the pictures, um, right. <laughs> like, talked about it to all her friends. And in that moment, um, it kind of made it all worth it. The two years of me, like feeling like I was the only one fighting for myself. And, um, even if everyone around me was telling me like, no, like go the traditional way or get a job or, um, do all of that. It kind of like made all of that worth it for me. The thing that I'm currently working on is that my mom tries to keep up with, you know, how are your sales doing? How like, congrats mm. on your launch. And there's some resentment in there that I should probably like go talk to a therapist about that I carry where I like think of the hurt that I went through. Like I think of the girl who was crying in the closet when her mom wasn't proud of her. And I like think about her like battering me every day about like, is this what you need to do? Like, go get it, get it, like do a real thing, like a responsible thing. Go get um, a real job. I think about that and, um, I don't want to update her. I like have a lot of like knots in my heart about like opening up in that way because, yeah. um, I would love, I would, I would have loved, um, to like, you know, be open about it and like the mission if, like she was supporting it a hundred percent, but the fact that you're only supporting it when it's financial, like financially mm -hmm. lucrative, or if it's doing right. well, um, that's the big differentiation for me that um, I'm still working through. But yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, how your 
business. It's like a completely separate topic in my life, but it's affecting like the conversations I'm having with right. my mom and um, how I view our relationship as well. So yeah, I love that yeah. you brought up like, you know, business and like career and passions and your relationship with your parents and how that like co-mingles and integrates with one another. Right. And I think too, like it could be the smallest thing with family too. Like I got a tattoo on my arm a few weeks ago. And when I first got my first tattoo at like 19, I kept it a secret from my parents for three years. They never knew I had this tattoo. And one day I woke up and I was like, I just want to tell my mom, like, I'm tired of hiding it. Like, I'm just going to tell her. And I went out to the living room and I was like, Hey mom, I have something to tell you. And she was like, what? Like, what do you have to tell me? And I was like, well, I kind of like have a tattoo. And she was like, she first like just stared at me. And then she was like, let me see it. Like she was interested in like, like what it looks like. And I think at the time she thought like, okay, that's it. That's the only one that she's ever going to get. And a few weeks ago, I, so I got another one and I went into their living room again. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah. And I like, I got another tattoo like a few weeks ago. And she, the first thing she says was like, you need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and this is the first time I think I've ever stood up to my mother when she has put her own opinion on me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I think something in her clicked where she was like, yeah, I know. Like she just like realized that like I was going to keep doing this because it's something that makes me happy. And it was the first time that I ever stood up to her in that sense where I put this block up where I was like, I am not just your child. I am also my own person. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with stuff like that too. Like even with like my business moon custard, whenever I would finally like kind of start feeling like, man, this isn't really what I want to be doing. Like this isn't fulfilling me in the ways that I think it should be. Um, she would still ask me, she'd be like, oh, how is moon custard going? How is this going? I finally got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really not comfortable with making anything for it anymore because I feel like I was doing it for other people around me and not because I wanted to be doing it, but because I wanted to impress other people. Like I said before, I've had people reach out to me and be like, why did you delete everything? Why did you do this? Yada, yada, yada. And moon custard is still up on Instagram. Um, My name's not connected to anymore, but it's still up there if people want to enjoy that art, because I know that I definitely created a community online that were into that kind of thing. But now I'm 25. And when I first started doing art, I didn't create art that was cute. I created art that was a little bit more, not deep, but just like darker. And like, I did a lot of line work. And I I think at first I thought nobody's going to like this. Like, I thought like, why would anybody follow this? It's just art that I'm making and now I'm like but that's what art is like you don't necessarily make something because other people need to see it you make it because you like it and you want to do it I decided that I am going to post things that I like doing and that might not necessarily be something that other people enjoy that are currently following me because of the things that I've done in the past but the people that have stuck around throughout all of my endeavors because I've done photography I've done graphic design I've done brand design I've done illustrations in many different forms and yes people are going to follow me because like they don't want to see some of that stuff but there's more people than none that are still here from like the very beginning like when I first started in like what was it I think it was 20 2019 about the time when I started actually like doing stuff for myself and 
most people have stuck around. Like the people that have left are people that never even talked to me to begin with. So why would I want to build a community of people that don't like me for me throughout all of my adventures and just like me for me for one fun for one reason and one reason only being whatever it was I was doing at the time so I think in a sense we're very hard on ourselves because we want to be doing this is what I'm doing and that's it nothing else like that's it but in reality most artists have second jobs and they have other things that they're doing than just making art because we get burnt out all the time about like what we're actually doing I've definitely been noticing your different style and I always like come across your content and I'm pleasantly surprised like when I saw the butterfly art that you did that was vastly different from your um like colorful bright illustrations I used to create and like the first thought in my brain wasn't oh like oh she's not creating like colorful art anymore it was wow look at the dynamic range of skills that she had and that these like darker illustrations are bringing out so um that was the first thought that I had and the second thought is when I see things like I I know scrolling on reels and you did like spoken poetry and poems I thought that was a really cool way to cut like to see you be create art in a different way in a different format and written and spoken format instead of just really visual so it was really awesome to see and I think as a follower you're if they're really um there for you what's really cool about it is that you can see the journey and the progression of a person and see how like their life changes and how they grow and I think you know, we might be hard on ourselves from a personal branding perspective of what is this going to do to my brand. But I think from a relationship and community building perspective, it's really awesome to see, you know, individuals change and grow and not be this one thing that they were in time because they were right. with it. So, right. That's, yeah, that's really I, awesome. I think we have to look at it just like that, too. Like, we need to look at it more like this is the journey that made me get to where I am today. And maybe it's something super small that gets you to that place that like wakes you up. And I like to use it in that sense. Like this year has woken me up a lot to who I have perceived myself as for years and who I actually want to be. And even though that has taken a few years to get to, I still had this whole journey behind it that has created where I am today. And I feel like I have actually like reverted back into somebody that I was at a time when I was younger but with a different outlook on life like I'm not looking at life super like oh this is what I want to do like in the next five years like this podcast for example and I talked about this on my first episode that I actually like recorded and like sat down and edited when I first started this podcast and like the idea of it I was like well maybe people aren't going to be really interested in it but then I was like well, do I really care that much if people aren't interested in it? Because all the people that aren't going to be interested in it will be interested in something else. And that's fine. They can go listen to whatever podcasts they want. They can go watch whatever videos they want. They can enjoy whatever content they enjoy. I don't have to have everybody in on what I'm creating. And the same goes for you too. Like, I mean, you started out doing events and stuff. And when I first started seeing like your events that you were creating, I was like, oh my God, I've never even heard of anybody. Like, starting that like as like a person that owns their own business and I was like interested in it because I was like I've never heard of that before and then you started doing the the decks and the notepads and I was like whoa she like took this idea that she had for these events and put it into a completely different form 
that's not like so unsimilar, but like enough where it's like, I can see why you went from A to B because of the growth that you've had over time. And like all the future projects that you might possibly have might not be exactly the same as what you've created in the past two years, but you've done it and people are enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that that mission. I'm like really obsessed to getting clear on your mission. Like when you're going through life, you don't know what you want and what, you know, what aesthetic do I want? What style do I want? What um, like kind of work or products do I want to put out there? Um, But instead of thinking about like the form or the how, um, I think the most important question to ask is the why, because that's what people will see and what makes sense for them. So if I could go back to my like 20 something, early 20s, year old self, I would tell her to focus on the why and the reason why less than focusing on like what exactly I'm doing, what services I'm providing and what. Right, right, right. Cause it's so easy to just like spend money on like a new thing to create something else. Like I, I have been working on another project that I don't know when it will come out. It might come out next year, year after, I don't know. I'm kind of just like letting it be right now. And whenever I decide that I want to do it, then I will. And if I don't decide that I want to do it, that's fine too. But I bought a ton of like different things to create this thing. And now it's just like sitting in my closet and Mm -hmm. it feels like this whole, like, oh, like I want to do that, but I don't have the money for it. But like you said, like, why do I want to do it? Like, why do I want to put myself out there and do this other thing too? And I think that's why I haven't done it because I haven't found my why reason. I found how I can do it. I found where I can put it and like how I can create it, but I don't have the reason behind like why I'm actually doing it. So I haven't decided to put myself fully out there yet being like, I'm doing this. And the same with the podcast. Like I haven't talked about it on like most of my stories because I want people to just like see it come out. Like, I, d- I don't want people to, like, look at it and be like, oh, wait, why is she doing this new thing? And why is she announcing it now? I want people to look at it and be like, oh, she's, like, already created, like, 10 episodes. Like, what the hell? Like, she's yeah. been working on this, like, behind the scenes and nobody knew about it. And I think something that I've learned over the past few months is oversharing online is a trauma response. Like, it's a trauma response to tell everybody what you're doing all the time because you're not sure of yourself but like other people are like, oh yeah, like you're doing a great job. So you want to like hear that. Mm, exactly. <laughs> that's a really interesting concept. Um, I guess that's interesting for me to dive into and ask you like, in what ways do you think that um, that has shown up in the past two years and different over, like any oversharing stories where you've identified it? Was it a therapist who helped you see that, you know, like, oh, that's a, that's a trauma response that you're like practicing um, with your new projects or businesses, or is there any learning there that would be interesting for me? Yeah, Yeah, I think that, um, the oversharing portion of it has been a part of my life for most of it. Like even in just in the past two years, I definitely overshared a lot of things, like even something small, like I'm at this coffee shop and I'm like reading a book or whatever it is. Like, instead of doing that now, I just like take a photo of it and I keep it on my phone. If I want to share it later, then I can share it, but I don't have to be like, oh, I'm at this coffee shop doing this thing because I'm working so hard on this project. Like I'm keeping a lot of it to myself because I think now looking back at the past two years of my life, I've realized how much energy 
I've put out there for other people rather than myself. And a lot of our work, like even just owning a business in general is very personal to us. And we put a lot of energy into it. And when we're sharing so much about our business online and putting all this energy out there, we're not really putting the energy into our business. We're putting in the energy into other people looking at it. And I have had to find that through a lot of crazy situations in my life. And a lot of them are relationships. And a lot of people in my life have been like, oh my God, you've dated so many people. But I think you learn a lot from dating other people and being in relationships. And in the past two years, I've only been in one relationship. And I took time the past two years to be able to get to that point where I'm not dating somebody and then trying to fill the void with another person. Um, And this past relationship that I was in, I realize now, like just three months out of it, I'm like, oh my God, I was trying to be so nice and so happy and so like into this person because I didn't know how to fill my own cup and like be my own person. Like all these years, like these past two years of me being single, I'm not saying that I didn't learn anything because I definitely learned how to be able to be alone because I don't think if I didn't learn that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, Learning to be with yourself is a huge thing for even just having a business in general or even being a person. Like you have to be alone with yourself. And even if that just means like going on a walk and being away from your spouse, that's one thing. But I've realized over the past year working through therapy um, and honestly, like, I, I'm not going to lie. And I've talked about this before. Um, two, three months ago, I was severely depressed and it was because I didn't put myself in a place where I needed to be. I put myself in a place where I realized I was not happy and I was not satisfied, but because I had another person to experience happy times with, I was okay. Mm-hmm. And now like looking back on it, it's like, I was so depressed because I put my all into somebody else who wasn't going to be there for me at the end of the day. And maybe I didn't realize that at the time because I had put myself and my energy into this one person. Um, But it says a lot about me, not only just being in a relationship, but it says a lot about who I've been with my business. It says a lot about who I've been with myself and working through a lot of therapy over the past few months and trying to figure out like, why am I acting this way? Because this is not who I am. I've realized that I have had imposter syndrome for everything in my life. I've realized that I, as a person, have wanted to be liked and loved by other people. And I've always been trying to accept other people saying, you're doing a great job. But I've never been able to take it and been like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a great job. I've been like, yeah, I guess like Mm -hmm. I guess I'm doing that. And when I was in these relationships with other people, I was always pouring my energy into them rather than pouring them into myself and letting this person come to me rather than me going to them. And when I got out of this last relationship, I realized like the reason why I felt so depressed afterwards and why I was struggling even in the relationship and not telling this person was because there was a no communication on either of our parts telling each other how we felt and b I was trying to live my life and take care of myself but not doing it in a way that was healthy for me I was doing it in a way that was healthy for the other person Mm -hmm. and 
I've realized even in my own business through that, I've realized that whenever I put myself in a situation to own a business, I'm doing it because I want other people to enjoy it and not because I enjoy it. I'm doing it because they look at it and they're like, wow, this is a cool concept. I love it. And I'm into it. Let me follow them. Not, I like it. I want to do it. And I want to create these things for myself. I think the biggest lesson to take away from that though, is to realize that every single person in this world deals with imposter syndrome, whether it be an artist, whether it be just a regular person every day, like we always doubt ourselves because the only person talking to us 24 seven is the person inside of our head telling us like what we're doing. So I think the biggest lesson though, to take away from that is like, what do you want to do? And why do you want to do that? Because nobody else can tell you what to do. Like you could like, you could quit your business tomorrow and people are going to ask you why. And the only reason that you're going to have is why you did it. Like, why did you create the situation being like, well, I love this, but I don't want to do it anymore. And people are going to ask you why. And you have to give them an answer. You can't tell them like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Give them an answer. Be like, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't want to do it. That's really fascinating that you're, you know, after your breakup, you um, started noticing patterns, like both in the relationship of not having that boundary of putting yourself first and like putting his needs above yours, maybe in different ways. And even in like how you take care of yourself and maybe um, in your business as well, like just identifying the fact that maybe I've been doing things for others. And so in a way, weird way, like hearing you say like, no, I'm going to stop my business because I need to, and I don't feel like it. And like, um, not announcing things that you, new projects that you might be doing, not because, because you're not doing it for the eyeballs or, right. you know, because you want like a huge following to like listen and subscribe to your podcast, but truly because it's coming from yourself and your alignment and just giving yourself that freedom to stop and start, I think is really awesome. So that was a really awesome learning from your relationship and like noticing the different patterns Mm -hmm. and how it goes into your life. I have a full-time job and Mm -hmm. you also have a full-time job, I think. Um, I have two actually. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So tell me the relationship between like your passions and creativity and also like, you know, self-development and um, making sure you're working on your mindset and the full-time job and how that affects things like your identity or your time management or even like mental health. Yeah. I think having a routine is honestly like the biggest thing that I've had to learn over these past few months is that I have to get myself into somewhat of a routine. And if I follow that routine every day, that's great. But if there's a day in between where I'm like, oh, I just want to like lay in bed and watch a movie. I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think you deal with that a lot too, where you're like, wow, I really, I want to get this done. I want to do this. I want to do this. And like all day in your head, you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. And I want to do this. Oh yeah. I've got to do this. And like all day you think that, and then you get to the end of the day and you've done none of it because you've been thinking about it for so long during the day. So what I personally do, and I've been trying to do this more often now. um, And for a while I was doing it every day, but now I'm just letting myself do it as I need to rather than when I want to, um, I am like, okay, wake up in the morning. And like, if I want to look at my phone, I can look at my phone, but I'm trying to not do that as often. And first thing I do when I wake up is to like read something or do something. So I have a gratitude journal and I have a regular journal. So I'll write in either one of those. 
Um, sometimes I write in both if I'm really just like feeling it that morning. And then I've been trying to eat breakfast every day, which mm-hmm. is like the hardest thing to do because I'm also like on top of all of this, I have recently found that I have an eating disorder and it's something that I have to work through in therapy and something that I think a lot of people deal with like quietly. Um, but I'm trying to be more open with people about it. And I have been forcing myself every day. Like you have to eat something, even if it's small, even if it's just like a granola bar, even if it's just like whatever I'm feeling like this morning, I have French toast and I haven't made French toast in a long ass time. So I was very excited about that. So I'm trying to like get myself excited to eat in the morning. Um, And then while I'm like eating breakfast, that's when I like think about, okay, what needs to get done today? What is like the most important thing that needs to get done today? And what is the least important thing? And like, for example, yesterday I was like, okay, well, I really want to do this and I got to get this done. And then I like had to stop myself. I'm like, you don't have to get that done today. You don't like it's due like months from now. Like, don't even, don't even worry about it. Like just do something else, do whatever is on your mind the most, do that first. And then if you're not motivated to do it, stop doing it. Like you don't have to force yourself to do anything that you don't want to do. And I think that is like the biggest thing out of all of that, like having to work for a company where you actually have deadlines and then also having your own business where you set mental deadlines where you're like, okay, I want to get this done by this month or this month. And then you, you like think about it. You're like, okay, well, I have my work that makes me the bulk of my money. And then you have your second business that makes you a little bit more money to get you by during the week. And then you'll usually have a third thing. And the third thing is usually like, okay, what makes me feel happy? Like, what can I do to fill my days? And I think we so often put our main job on the top, our second job on the bottom, and then our actual lives on the very, very bottom. And what I've had to do over the past few months is realize that very bottom part actually needs to be on the top. We need to put our lives first. And even if that means like I need to take a day off of work to make myself do something that makes me happy, I have to do that. So like this past week, I was going to go to Seattle to get a tattoo by an artist that I've been wanting to see for a long time. And I was like, oh, I can just drive up there. It's a three hour drive. And then I'll drive back the same day. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go and like stay in a hotel, take the train. Why not? Like get some work done on the train and then go get this tattoo and then like go to this hotel and do whatever I want to do. Like I can work. I don't have to work if I don't want to. I can work on the weekends if that makes me feel better. So I did that. And to be honest, I didn't work that much. Like I did the main things that I needed to do, but I kind of like put my mindset in this way. Like this is something that I'm doing for myself to like get out of my house and be happy. Um, So I took that bottom tier and put it on the top. And I was like, this is something that I have to do to bring myself happiness. And at first I was like, oh, I want to go to all these places and I want to do all of these things. Like I want to go to Pike Place. I want to go do this. I want to go do this. And then when it actually came to the time, I was like, no, I kind of just want to go to a bookstore and go get some boba and then come back to the hotel and like just sit and listen to music for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And that's what I ended up doing. (laughs) And he was so nice. I would not want to leave that. God, I'm not even joking. Okay. So that hotel was the best hotel. It's called the Citizen M. I'm, there might be one in Chicago. I'm not sure, but you might want to look it up. There's one in Los Angeles. There's one in New York. There's one in Seattle, but they're more of like European style hotels. So the rooms are pretty small, but the bed was huge. It was bigger than the one that I have here. And 
this hotel had breakfast you could like stay there for breakfast and then you know like normal hotels you're like oh yeah eggs and sausage or whatever breakfast boring no this was like going to like a buffet restaurant for breakfast <laughs> like they had like eggs sausage bacon they had tomatoes to put on the eggs if you wanted to they had croissants bagels toast they had a full like yogurt bar and it was only like 12 to 16 dollars extra just for that so I was like okay I could do this or I could go out of here and spend like 20 dollars on breakfast no I'm staying at the hotel and I'm having breakfast so I did that I like stayed there and then they also had a full exercise room like full like full on I'm not even joking this was the bougiest exercise room I've ever been in in a hotel it had four pelotons it had three treadmills that were like this style of treadmill that I've never seen it was made out of wood I was like what the hell is this and then they had have you ever heard of the mirror the like exercise mirror they had one of those in there I was like this I want to just live here can I just live here please like my apartment complex has all that kind of stuff but I was like I want to live here this is beautiful but doing that I realized like there's so many things that I've never experienced that I want to experience like I've never lived in a city like that like yes I live in Portland but I don't live like downtown with all the high-rise buildings and stuff around me and I've realized I'm like I grew up in such a small town that now that I'm like living in the city and I'm able to go to places that I would have never even dreamed about going to before I'm like damn I don't always want to live in Portland like I would love to move out of Portland someday and like go live somewhere else and so I think what I'm doing now is I'm just like I need to put myself first and yes my business my company that I work for both of them they make me a good amount of income and they're they're make me able to do all of those things so yes my like second thing underneath that is the company that I work for because it pays the bills it helps me like do things that I never thought I would be able to do like a year ago I was working as a delivery driver for Amazon so if that tells you anything (laughs) like I I went from making like $20 an hour to making salary pay so the things that we take for granted a lot of the time is our personal time Yeah, I'm really curious about what you're, you know, it seems like the past three months were really transformational for you just on a personal level and um, like business slash passion project level, but um, kind of taking the, the learnings from the past three to four months and then with the new year coming up, do you have a like solid grasp of what your goals are? Are you just taking it day by day and really just taking one concept of like, do what I enjoy and taking that or do you have these goals mapped out? I think to just start it all off first off I have realized having set goals for months and months ahead doesn't work for me like it it just it doesn't and I think that's when I restrict myself the most so I would like to say yes like I have goals and things that I want to do but in reality I don't. I know when I want this podcast to come out and I kind of have a little bit of a list of when different episodes are going to come out. And I have to also accept that if this is something that I'm doing, I have to be okay with it if I don't necessarily like it in a few months from now. And I have to be happy with that. I'm genuinely curious though, like for you, like what, do you have like a plan for the next few months or do you like kind of know what you want to do, but you're not really like, I'm doing it this day, this day or this day? 
Yeah, that's a good point. I actually did a um, exercise where I visualized my life next year. So I mm-hmm. broke down different categories like health, community, um, business, like personal brand. And I started visualizing um, my life and what I would, what, where I would want to be in December. So I think I did this first week of December and I said, and, and I wrote just in December of 2022, this is what I'm doing. And these are the friends that I have. And um, this, you know, these are the, this is like, I've, I feel free because my student debt is paid off or whatever it might be. I just did a visualization exercise and um, hoping just to keep, you know, that vision on top of mind, because I think the hardest thing for me is um, because I'm juggling a lot of projects, the mm. thing that steers me off my um, like steers me off the most is if I don't have a clear destination. So I like thinking that I'm like plugging something into a GPS and the GPS is December, 2022. And, um, I know the destination and I'm going to try to take different routes and paths, um, to get to where I am. Um, I have been getting a lot of anxiety about next year because I have a big decision coming up with my boyfriend. He is moving to Austin. I've been dating him for eight years. Oh, I, I will have been dating him for eight years. Um, and I'm making a decision on do I move to Austin or do I stay in Chicago? Rent is going to double for me in Chicago, which is already expensive. Do And I've always had this dream of packing my things up and living abroad. Um, I would love to live in a French speaking country and like pick my French back up and or just even like do a digital nomad thing and live in different cities every three months. And I, I'm just sitting on it and thinking about what feels aligned next year. And I have right. this fear of, you know, do I move with my boyfriend? I know I'll be um, very um, unhappy in Austin because it, you know, I did visit, I loved it. I love the food scene, but it's not my scene where I would want to live. Right. You don't um, feel comfortable or compatible with it. Yeah. So a lot of things I'm thinking about right now is to like, is it worth an eight year relationship? And I'm 26. So that's like, and I've known him since I was 12. Um, Is it me doing something or making a move for him? Or, you know, do I face a breakup and like having to reconfigure who I am Mm. alone and without him just because, you know, a location where I'm living is really important to me. So yeah, that's the biggest thing for me to think about. So I do have set goals and my goals could probably work in any of those three options, but the biggest thing for me is to try to figure that out. And um, I did do some research to make some decisions of no, I was really up in the air about Austin, but after doing some research, I've identified, no, I could not live there. Um, yes, yeah. I, I could afford rent or just doing some research to see what conditions align. But um, yeah, that's my biggest challenge for next year um, because I think in life, you're rarely presented with such life-changing decisions. Yeah. And I haven't had a life-changing decision like this in a long time where it's, you know, it'll change the trajectory of my life. Like if I decided to pack my things up and live abroad, that would create a whole new Sayang by the time I'm 35. And right. if I, my boyfriend, that would create a whole new me. And if I stayed in Chicago, like who knows, you know, what would happen? Like the people I would meet, like maybe I would um, like stay here even longer and never like go do be digital nomad. Um, right. 
whatever. So yeah, I think that's the scariest part about 2022. And the reason I'm not yeah. is because I've never come across a decision so big that I know would change everything for me. So that's a lot of pressure yeah. on myself. I think, I think change of any kind is just insane for us. And like, relationships in general are hard because you want to be happy for yourself. And I think being in a long-term relationship, something that's been years in the making, um, being connected with this other person, they are like another part of your life. And I think even like with businesses, we, we don't separate ourselves enough from parts of our lives that we definitely need to, to be able to find things that we've been able to create. And when I got out of my last relationship, I realized how much I was holding myself back and how many things that I now would have never experienced if I would have stayed in that relationship. I would have never gone to Seattle. I would have never realized that this podcast needed to be something that could be an outlet for me. I would have never stopped thinking about my previous business and how much I failed other people around me because I, I truly, I truly thought that I failed people around me. And now I'm like finding out nobody's disappointed in me. That's just a part of growth. Growing and changing are going to happen every single day. And sometimes people are meant to be in your life for a season. And I think we hear that a lot nowadays is that there are certain people in our lives that make a difference for a time being. And when you love somebody and you care about another person, sometimes you don't realize how they actually feel about you. And if that person is willing to be able to let you live the life that you need to live, they're going to stick around. And if they don't, then they're not the right person to be in your life in general. And that could be family, friends, whatever. Like my best friend, Laura and I, like we've had our fair share of arguments, but we always at the end of the day come back and we're like, hey, this really pissed me off. This is why it pissed me off. Let's be friends again and let's talk about it. And I've taken that friendship that I've had and put it into relationships that I've had. And I've realized that the people that I have been attracted to are people that care about me in the beginning want the best for me in the beginning. But then once things get hard, they dip because they're like, oh, I don't, I don't actually have the emotional maturity to be able to connect with this situation. And I think for you with moving and like having this like big decision where you're like, I could go one way with my life and stay kind of stagnant and like do these things and live either in another city or stay where you're living right now. Or you have this other second option where you could just literally kind of like what I'm doing, start over and like do things that make you happy. Um, and it's, it's hard to look at them because you have this huge past too on the other side, but you also have to think about yourself first. And I think in any relationship, any friendship, any business opportunity, you don't put yourself first. You, you always put the other situation in front of you to be like, okay, well, how can I benefit them? How can I make their lives easier? We never put ourselves first. And I think in 2021, a lot of us have figured out that we haven't been doing that. And we have to do that in order to like have a successful company that we're running, have a successful lifestyle, and also just be happy. Like happiness is so important. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. We we're just like, oh yeah, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm, I have this boyfriend, love him. He's great. And then the person breaks up with you and you're like, he sucks. <laughs> like, why did I stick around? Like I was literally doing charity work for this person. Like what the hell was I doing? And a lot of us just like, look at it and we're like, wait a minute, what was I doing? Like, why wasn't I taking care of myself? And I think if you figure that out before you put yourself in a situation that makes you unhappy, whether it be anything in your life, 
it's just thinking about yourself first is like the most important thing. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. I think they think of all of the other things around them and then they think about themselves. Like you have to like think about what is it that I want to do and what is going to like fill my cup in like 30 years from now? Like, am I going to be happy with the decisions I made or I'm going to look back and be like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> like, Exactly. Um, I think my, I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio, but I think. Oh, I am too. We have the same mindset. (laughs) I'm very um, good at being selfish or thinking about myself. Um, And that's something that I'm actively working on is to like, think about others first. Um, I think things like being protective with my time, um, like, Mm -hmm. like setting clear boundaries of I'm not giving you my time, like where you're, you know, like if my boyfriend even wants to go on a date on a Sunday, which is when I do like my self-development work, I'm like, absolutely not. And even I- just like recording this podcast, like yesterday you were having a rough day and I have to be understanding that you're having a rough day. And also I was like kind of in a bad mood yesterday anyways. So like, we're both not in a good mindset. Why film the episode? Like yeah, I have time today. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I'm good about my time being selfish, things like that. But I think the biggest challenge, I guess, currently is not knowing what I want, what not knowing what I truly want. Is it, you know, like I can visualize myself in, you know, different places and different ways and um, me taking on different forms, but I, I'm having a hard time connecting with each of the me's of the future and knowing like which one is truly the happiest and which one really right. looks like myself. And so- Do you, do you feel like though, in knowing that, do you feel like you're kind of like feeling like if you do one route, you might be a fraud. And if you do the other route, you might also be a little bit of a fraud because you don't know which route is the right one. Yeah. I'm not sure if fraud is the way I would put it. Um, I think my biggest fear is failure. Like just any type of failure. I don't want to fail. If I want to make a decision, I want to walk away from it, having gotten something or gained something from it. Um, and like time is my va- most valuable resource. And so like wasting my time would be failing. Um, even if I can't, like, you know, if I moved to Austin, for example, and like we end up breaking up a month later, I would see that as a failure. I know that there are learnings to come, but I don't want to put myself in that situation, even of, of that two week period of regret or like, why did I move or why did I do this? Why did I spend $4,000 to put my stuff in a truck and move to Austin? Like I, right. I that's the thing that I'm scared of. So it's not like just, yeah, the feeling of self-perception and fraud, but more of, you know, I want to make the smart decision. And I think that's the issue with being like 50% very emotional and intuitive and 50% rational is that I don't want an emotional decision to have rational consequences. So like things like money, logistics, time, um, being lost, I don't want that. So I think that's the thing that's really scaring me of like, I really need to make the, a really thoughtful and right decision rather than like following um, whatever gut freely, because I, I don't want to be full of regret once I, you know, lose money or time and things like that. Are you afraid that people are going to criticize you because of your decisions too? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I really, um, I don't think I'm a big people pleaser. Um the biggest pe- people pleaser is like my clients at my job because like my, my job is a project manager. Right. But besides that, I'm very much like, I'm going to do me. And if you are not here for it, goodbye. If you're here for it, welcome. Um, so I don't think I, th- I think about like 
you know, people being critical, but I think I'm, I care about what I think and like right. what I, me and the future will think and like going through that emotional pain of like, I regret, or why did I do this? Or like, um, just not being kind to yourself. I think I have a big issue with like speaking kindly to myself when I put myself in situations that, you know, what wasn't the smartest thing to do. Um, and so I think that's what I'm afraid of. It's just like, the core is failure and like my self-talk surrounding failure. And so I just want to do right by me. And I have really high expectations for myself and I don't think it's a bad thing. It could be very terrible for mental health, but I think sometimes, you know, it's good to have, hold yourself to a standard and have expectations for yourself. But in, in times like this, it can feel like indecision paralysis where you can't make a decision for yourself and be scared of what you would say to yourself. Do you have any like brands or individuals that have like inspired you with your current business? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I definitely do. There's a, a YouTuber called Lavender that I really love. love. Her. Yeah, love her. She, her podcast she, is great too. Yeah, she and she has like a very soft, like welcoming voice, which I really like listening mm-hmm. to. Um, I think she inspires me a lot just because she talks about self-development and has built this whole brand about it and even when I was like developing my cards I started to notice that she um came up with her planner and things like that so it inspires me that you know she's doing the same thing where you take a concept of self-development self-growth and it takes different forms and it could be so many things and so from a brand perspective I think it's exciting that she's taken like a concept and creates content and then she creates products and a community and like a podcast so I like that you know it's she's like a really good representation of how an idea or like a root mission can take so many forms so yeah she really inspires me and there's another youtuber called Michelle B and she does a lot of self-development content as well um and then I also think there's a YouTuber, I'm blanking on his name. You probably know him, Matt, um, Matt DeVea. I think mm-hmm. that's how you get him. Yeah. Um, I think he's really awesome. Just um, his creative takes on things and like just as an artist, a filmmaker, he's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have any products or anything like that, but it's just cool to see, you know, you're a filmmaker. So you have a skill set, but he goes into so many different topics and um, educational, like self-development things. And it's cool to see it done in that outlet because primarily I usually like focus on like tools or like Instagram posts and for him to tackle different topics and like a cinematic, like film, like really high quality film type of way was eye-opening for me. And I always personally enjoy it. Interesting. It's so, it's so interesting to hear like who, like listens to who because I also listen to Lavender. I've been watching her for literally since like the beginning that she started creating like the journals that she makes and it's inspired me to want to like do more things that have to do with like self-reflection and gratitude because I think gratitude and self-reflection are things that we think of without other people watching Mm -hmm. and now I'm like wait why don't we like talk about this more like there's I feel like there's like a niche part of people that are like oh yeah let's like talk about our feelings and I think some people that's really hard to do and putting everything out there into the world through this podcast has been kind of like an experience for me to be like 
it's okay to talk about your gratitude and it's okay it's okay to talk about your fears on, online because there's other people that have the exact same fears that you have what rather it be like imposter syndrome or just being failure or like not knowing where you want to be and I think it's okay to accept those things and when we grew up we like learned like oh like what do you want to do when you get older what is it that you want to do and we've said so many times what we want to do but they've always changed because we grow and we change every single day. So it's so interesting just to hear like how other people like watch people that do like things that they do in their everyday life. And like, for me personally, like I've been really like a fan of, um, do you know who Michelle? Yeah. She's like a, she's like a vlogger type person. She does like daily. Does she daily. do New York city living in my apartment? Yeah. Yeah. And, and she actually like, moved out of like an apartment like I think the middle or end of last year I can't remember but she had a boyfriend and she broke up with him in April and then I think it was November they got back together and it like kind of showed me that like she like talked about it like very soon on after breaking up and she realized later on she was like oh I probably shouldn't have said it right away like I probably should have given myself some time to like reflect but that's all a part about growing. Like we realize things that we like didn't really like to do or like, why did I talk about that on the internet? And now everybody knows like about this. Um, that's just a part of growing up. And I think we all need to be like a little less hard on ourselves if we like share something that's like a little too much out there or like not ready to share about it yet. Because sometimes we don't have the people that we can just like call up and be like, oh my God, I'm dealing with this. So I, th- I think it's okay to talk about stuff like that online. And that's kind of something that I want to do with this podcast is like, talk about things that maybe people don't necessarily share online, because I don't try and share every nitty gritty detail of when I'm like depressed online. But I, I want to be honest and be open about the fact that for a very long time, I've been lying to myself about who I am, and that I am now comfortable with sharing that and I'm sharing that I was depressed and I had anxiety and I had an eating disorder, like things that I would have never shared months ago to everybody. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, do you know how many people deal with this a day? Like so many people deal with this behind the scenes and a lot of people don't have outlets to hear about it. And I kind of just like want to create that with this podcast. One thing in my content that I'm very private about is my vulnerabilities. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm open to sharing like mental vulnerabilities and challenges, but one thing that I don't really want to talk about or think of talking about is things like image, body image, perception, like um, how I feel about my health and things like that. So um, I don't know. It's something very like, it feels like very personal. And if it's a true like fear, um, something that truly pains you I think it's really hard to open up about it so I always think it's brave when people who are going through things or have recovered from things that you know are very vulnerable and painful it's something that um like is a brave action to take and to do and I'm sure that people will benefit from hearing the journey yeah and I think that's why I decided to call this podcast letters from therapy because every episode is going to be about something else. And whether I talk about just that one topic, or if I talk about other things too, when you write like a letter to somebody, you don't necessarily talk about one thing. You talk about a ton of other things and you're open and honest and you have like a set way of how you write it. And I, it's kind of like the same in this podcast. Like you talk about one main topic, but you talk about like a million other things too. Like what's going on in your life now? 
what have you done in your life to get to this point? And I think a lot of people that have either gone through therapy or even haven't gone through therapy and have just have the people around them to be able to talk about it, they don't think and reflect on like how that changed their lives or how it could possibly change their lives in the future. And I think with this podcast, it might even just inspire other people to be able to get the help they need or be able to talk about it more openly with people around them um, as well. So I think the way that I want to end this episode as well is I want to talk about um, what are some ways that you have avoided feeling like you're going through imposter syndrome or how are there like any tricks that you've been able to come up with in the past few years of that have created a safer space for you to be able to look at your business and be like, this is mine. Nobody else owns this. Like this is what coming from me rather than from the eyes of other people. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I felt imposter syndrome too much in my business um, ever since it's become something like a physical product. Um, Mm -hmm. The time that I felt imposter syndrome the most was um, when I was doing all the pivots because I didn't know and I was changing every other month or every two months um, what it was that I was doing. And so whatever I did when I came out and I said, I'm going to be a web designer. Like the first client that I got was from a referral and a friend said, do you build websites? And I said, sure. And I kind of winged it. And, um, you know, that experience got brought a lot of imposter syndrome because I had never built a website before, um, except for my own. And, um, yeah, just the pivot, the time where I pivot and I'm unsure or unconfident in my skills and what I'm doing or have no clarity is when I feel the most imposter syndrome. So knowing that um, when I feel imposter syndrome, I think the biggest thing is just working on my confidence. So I love pinpointing what it is that I don't feel confident about and just giving like an extra hour or two focusing on that and making sure to convince myself that, you know, if even if I'm not sure about or if I'm feeling imposter syndrome about building websites, it's just a matter of like building your first website or your first three websites or like doing more research. And so just pinpointing where the imposter syndrome comes from, I think is really important. And in my case, it was a lot of learning. Um, Another thing, this might not necessarily be imposter syndrome, but is I had a lot of fears, like, what if this happens? What if that happens during that, you know, pivot period, pivot era is what I, I like to call it. Um, and, um, one exercise I really liked doing was writing all the things I was saying to myself and fears. And, um, I wrote, you know, like, you're not good enough to do this, or you're never going to be successful because blank. Um, and I would write all these down and, um, under all of it, I would make an argument. So I would pretend like my friend had told me this. I was thinking about what advice I would give to the friend if she was telling me this and, um, just like using my logic and like my friend skills on myself um, through that journaling exercise, I think was really helpful. And um, after doing that, whenever I would feel the fear come up again, or that doubt come up again, all I would have to do is look at um, the page that I had journaled on and really see rationally speaking, why exactly my like ideas or doubts were completely bogus about me failing or not being good enough. So that was a really good exercise. But journaling definitely in general has been a big tool when it comes to mindset and like feeling Mm -hmm. fear and self-doubt for me. Yeah. I think journaling is like a huge thing. And I think we all are like, oh, she journals like, oh my God, she's like that girl or whatever. 
it's really not that I think it's a way to also like like I said before oversharing online is like a big thing that people deal with these days because it's so easy to just like post something that you're like feeling but like why not take that and just put it in a journal where you can see it and if you decide someday that you want to share it you can you don't have to like be scared later on like why did I share that online like you could just put it in one place get it out there and then if you decide later on down the road that you're ready to actually share it when you're in a good mental state then I think that's okay. So I think journaling has been a huge thing for me too. And I haven't, I haven't actually done it in a few days. And I woke up this morning and I was like, I want to journal because I haven't like done that in forever, but I try and only do it when I'm motivated to do it and not force myself to do it every single day. Cause I was doing that for the first few months just to like keep my mindset in the right place. But I also realized that it is a totally, it's totally okay to feel anything that you're feeling. And if you want to cry about how upset you are over something going on, then do it. Like who's going to judge you for crying over something that's happened to you? Like the only person that can judge you is truly yourself. And if you feel like that is how you are going to get over something in the future or how it's going to make you stronger, do it. Like whenever I cry about something, whatever it is, even if it's something stupid, if I cry, because being a Scorpio, you cry so much (laughs) because you're just so emotional. But I think that just being able to do that five seconds later after I'm done, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go make dinner now. (laughs) I feel so good for me. It's like a, it's a nice outlet for me. Yeah. And like, sometimes like you just have to cry. Like it's not for attention. And if you're feeling a certain way, it just makes you feel like, okay, I got this. Like I cried it out. I'm good now. I don't have to blame anybody else for how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get through it and work with it, whatever. Like, I, I don't even remember the last time I cried. It's actually been a while, which is like really good for me because it's been a while. And I used to cry like every night after this breakup happened, but I, I realized that it's okay. Like, it's okay to be upset over things in your life that have happened. And also mm-hmm. same, same goes for failure. Like any kind of failure in your life that you feel, it's okay to feel that way, but you have to like, think about it in a more positive way. You have to think about it like, how can I take this failure and move forward with it? Like, how can I work on this to make myself better in the future? And instead of feeling like the negative thoughts around failure, you have to think about how can I make this better for whatever I'm doing in the future? And sometimes you don't know what that is. And I personally, like, I have no idea exactly where I'm going to be like a year from now. Um, But I know it's definitely in a better place and a better mindset than it was at the beginning of the year when I was lying to myself about who I was and just letting other people have opinions over what I was doing with my life. And even being in a relationship that I was in, and even though I will say it was a very happy relationship and we did a lot of good things together, I have realized out of that, that I was holding myself back with every other aspect of my life to make somebody else happy. And in the end, Mm -hmm. they didn't want me as much as I wanted them. So whenever something like that happens, it kind of wakes you up and it makes you realize like, wow, like what was I actually doing to like take care of myself? Like, how can I now push myself further to be able to do things that I need to do for myself? Because I clearly was not taking care of myself in the proper ways that I needed to. So I think with all of that said, I feel like also you're just like in a good place with your business right now. So it's very inspiring to like hear that you kind of have an idea of like what you want to do. And even though you don't know like what you're going to do, like, I don't know, a month or two from now with your business, you also have like the other things going on in your life to be able to control, like 
how you feel about what's going on. And even though you have a lot of challenges ahead of you with like everything in your personal life, I also think that you're in a good place mindset wise where you're like, well, what is going to make me happy? You know, like what's going to make me feel satisfied five months from now, rather than what's going to make me satisfied. Like, I don't know when, when it happens, like, are you going to feel regret five months later? Who knows? Like, you're just going to deal with it. Like when you get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking of just like being in a good place, I definitely think this past year has been like the best year of my life. And I'm hoping that it, you know, I can, can like still be satisfied. I think I've always been very future oriented. So what's Mm going to happen in two years and three years, I was always planning, always thinking ahead, but this was the year where I truly felt like I could grasp every moment that was passing. So I'm hoping that I could take that into next year and like go through the challenges that I've stated in the podcast and any changes that I'm going to be making. Um, And another thing is just how blessed we are to be able to have happy challenges and context, like, you know, having the choice of deciding where to, where to go or what goals to have, or um, like exploring what we enjoy. These are things that not everybody has. Maybe they have like societal things that are holding them back or um, like economic things that are holding them back. So that's something that I always try to remember when I feel frustrated or like, upset about the choices ahead of me I just and like even like the failure like that's a way to recontextualize that is that other people don't even have the opportunity to make it like this and like you know even if I ended up feeling that would be a really like awesome privilege because I got to make that choice for myself so that's one thing that I'm trying to take into next year about um like the decisions and choices ahead of me and just making sure that like, I always see it in a positive light instead of as a burden that falls on my shoulders. Right. Yeah. That is a great way to look at it too. Cause I think so much, we often just like, look at it and we're like, why did I do that? Rather than like how, okay, well I did that. It's done now. What can I do next? Because I don't want to sit back and think about how negative the situation was because a lot of the times negative situations that we create in our lives aren't actually that negative. Like they've moved you to a different place where you actually need to be rather than where you were a few months ago where you were like struggling. Exactly. And yeah, I can see that um, like play out exactly in your life, like with your current breakup. I think you're like, every time I see like the projects you're doing or talk to you or the creativity that you're outputting, I can see that it's like put you in a good trajectory. So I hope that you can see that and like feel the same way as well. I really appreciate you saying that because sometimes like even now, like sometimes I think like, okay, am I doing the right thing? But then I have to like every night I try to reflect when I'm like laying in bed. I'm like, okay, you know, even though I laid in bed all day today and I just like watched a movie, like I did something to take care of myself. And if I just needed to lay in bed, watch movies all day, great. If I want to get up and like work out in the evening, because both of us, we work out in the evening, that's great too. Like I I worked out last night and that was like the only productive thing that I really did yesterday. And that makes more of a difference than me just nagging on myself every day. Like, why did I not work out today? You know? Like sometimes it takes, it takes the same amount of energy to be down on yourself and to uplift yourself. So you might as well like look at the positives and like- 
be grateful for the things that you did do or got to do that day instead of what you didn't get to do. Right. But it's hard to practice. It's easier said than done. Um, for sure. But it takes, it takes a lot of time and challenges to get through, to get to that point. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that because like when I went through this breakup, a lot of people were like, oh, well, I know you're hurting, but like you need to get over him. And it's like, I just spent six months of my life with another person. Like you don't just get over somebody. You reflect on it. And you look at it and you're like, okay, this happened. How can I change it in the future? How can I like have this not happen again and make myself feel the way that I did that, mm-hmm. during that time? And I think it's okay fully to just look at it and be like, okay, yeah, it happened. And I'm sad about it now, but like, I'm not always going to be sad about it. And someday I'm going to be able to look back on it and know that I did the right thing. Yep, definitely. Um, high, like looking or just like the lessons that you come out of with every challenge, I think is mm-hmm. the most valuable thing from like any pain you go through. So it's awesome that you're taking the time to reflect and like, you know, that at the end of the tunnel, you'll look back and like yeah. see all the growth and the like. New and I think that's kind of like where you're at right now too. Like you have had challenges in your past and you had a really good year this year. And now you're like, okay, next year, it's going to be a little bit harder. Like there's some challenges that you're going to have to face next year. But I think now you're like taking the time to figure out like what is best for you rather than like what is best for everybody else around me. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's going to be a lot of thinking about what really makes me happy and like, you know, Mm -hmm. analyzing the pain. So like is, like, is eight years relationship, like a breakup from that going to be more painful than um, like opening up new opportunities or like, you, you know, like just outweighing the pros and cons of like the pain I'm going to go through and like in the choices and, um, the rewards that a choice might also bring. So yeah. it'll be interesting, but I'm excited. Yeah. Every to- end becomes a new beginning. So, yeah. um, getting to know yourself, I think is an exciting process and I'm happy that, you know, at 26, I'm still like learning and changing. And I think that's the most exciting journey as cheesy as that is. It's so true though, because like there are people our age right now that are married, have kids and like their whole life now has to depend on their child. Like they have to take care of this living thing in their lives. And us, we're like looking at that, like I could, I don't want to do that right now. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't even know what I want for dinner tonight. Like, come on. Like I could, I look at that and I'm just like, how are you doing that? (laughs) Like, Like, I haven't gone through that journey and maybe they haven't either. And they maybe won't ever. So it's a, it's an opportunity that we just have to be thankful for that we even are able to have being on our own. Yep, definitely. It's, it's nice. It can be being on your own can feel like overwhelming or daunting, but I think it's a really, really rewarding journey at the end of it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And thank you for being my first guest too, because you're my first guest. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for like recording this part of the podcast with me. Awesome. I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you are looking to submit an episode for this podcast, you can find us at lettersfromtherapy at gmail.com and just send a little message saying what you would like me to talk about, or if you would even like to be on the episode, I'm definitely down to have people chat with me and we can learn about each other's lives and just have a conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode and I can't wait to make more content for you guys. Until then, I will chat with you guys very 